My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. I am super excited that you're here. My guest today is awesome. It's Brianna Robinson. She is a young adult and a kids ministry leader at C3 Church right here in San Diego. She's also a children's book author, and her book, Begone Fear, equips kids to overcome their fears with God by their side. I love that so much. Her passion involves impacting generations by raising up the next batch of faith-filled leaders and world changers. So it's like my jam. I couldn't want to talk about that more. (laughs) Brie also created The Purpose Within, which is a personal development blog and a platform for young people who have a desire to dig deep, discover, and develop their life's purpose. Um, She's had a lot of different experiences that she shares there growing up as a pastor's kid. She's learned a lot of lessons so far in her life and journey, and she is all about conveying the importance of finding your identity, walking in your strength, and just allowing God to come alongside you so you can find and grow and develop your purpose. And I love that so much. Brie, thanks for being here, girl. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to share. And I just know that God will hopefully use some of my story in my life to encourage others. So it's gonna be awesome. He definitely <laughs> will. I um, Would you give everybody just sort of like a lay of the land of use, so like where you grew up, um, you're, you landed in San yeah. Diego, your family, just talk a little bit about how you got to where you are. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I, so I'm now moving in San Diego. I've been here for the last four years, um, moved out kind of whole deal when I turned 18 and my parents live though in Temecula. So about an hour and a half or so away from here. And, uh, yeah, so it's most of what I grew up, what I was doing. Um, and I've been here, started off college, but then God kind of redirected my steps, uh, did an internship at C3 and, since then have really been um, just planted and plugged into what I believe that God has called me to. So um, a lot of that, though, at the beginning was really messy, came to San Diego, and then finally decided to really choose God for uh, myself. Will you talk about that a little bit? So growing up in Temecula and like, you know, and as far as like closeness with your family and like those relationships, Mm -hmm. what was the transition like to like move away from home and, you know, get plugged into a church and feel like God was tugging on your heart for different things? Like what was that transition period like? So um, as far as relationship and stuff, growing up had pretty good relationship with mom and dad. Um, Ministry actually didn't become a factor into my life until I was in the seventh grade. And my dad kind of came home one day and was like, hey, guys, I feel in my heart to become a pastor. And I'm there sitting at the dinner table like, what does this mean? Um, (laughs) And, you know, at that time, a lot actually shifted in my world. We went from kind of going to church on on a Sunday to, you know, every service at any point in time on a Sunday. And even during the week, we were, you know, locked in at church. So I didn't for a long time really even understand the the concept of why we were, you know, shifting our world and um, wasn't actually a fan of the whole like pastor's kid deal. (laughs) So when I came to um, San Diego at that point in time, actually, my relationship with my mom and my dad was not very healthy because I had in especially in uh, middle school and high school, I dealt with actually a lot of pains, offenses within the church. Um, and really feeling like I had to be this certain person. So when I came out to San Diego, it really was a moment for me. I feel like of like an escape of starting something on my own. Um, and then not until I would say maybe like six months after then did really I choose 
to like pursue God outside of the covering of my parents. Because for a long time, especially as a pastor's kid, you're under that covering. You're under, you know, a face of, uh, sorry, like a family and, and a house that's full of faith. And when you move away from that, then it's you're faced with obviously your decisions of do I choose this for myself? Yeah, definitely. And so the, the question that I have kind of leading into that, so yeah. you, you do, you know, you do leave, you leave the covering and you're, you're kind of lumped into this category <laughs> being a pastor's kid. And like, that's a label oh, that yeah, you're wearing that you cool. didn't, nece- <laughs> ne- didn't necessarily choose it. Right. And then you leave the house. Mm-hmm. Like at what point did you, was there a moment or a season or like a, a person that came into your life that helped you encounter God and choose faith for yourself for the first time? Like, what did that look like mm-hmm. as you made the transition of like moving away and starting out on your own? Yeah, that's a, that's a honestly really awesome question. I think, um, as far as choosing it on my own during my senior year of, of school. So as soon as I turned 18, stopped going to youth group, every pastor's kid favorite, whoop, yeah, you know, <laughs> I no longer yeah. that, you know, uh, so I just stopped going. And that's really when, um, I would honestly say a lot of the hidden derailing I was doing was becoming very public. So I was already making decisions that weren't really the best for me, but it wasn't until obviously I made, um, you know, that decision to, uh, you know, stop going youth group, stop, you know, really being planted in the house was when things that were secretive, really like the Bible says, you know, what happens in the secret is eventually you come come public, you know, (laughs) exactly what happened. So, you know, me going out, you know, drinking certain things. So really I would say, which, Shocker, everybody. Um, I've ran from the police. Um, <laughs> that's what I would say, though. We have like, so many was, things in common. <laughs> Honestly, uh. though, like, that was my moment. Um, I was actually at a party, was, you know, gone in all different kinds of ways. And the cops had showed up to the party. I remember running in the house and really just having this moment. Um, the police searched the house. I was hidden, was not found. But I remember afterwards, like having these people around me that I was hanging out with at the time that were like, this was the best ever. Like, let's do this again. You know, when I'm there sitting, uh. like I'm sitting there just like thinking to myself, like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I know that I don't really care for this ministry thing. I know that I have, you know, kind of some beef with God. But I have this feeling in my heart and in my spirit that I cannot shake, even when I was making the wrong choices, that there was more for my life. And since I was young in ministry, although there was experiences that I look back on now and I'm like, dang, like that's some heavy stuff. I also had moments where I can remember so vividly where, you know, um, I was encouraged where prophetic words are given, where encouragement was given that in that moment, you know, kind of flashed before my eyes of what God had called me to, to speak, to do certain things. Right. So I had this moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, all these people are loving this moment. And I'm the only one sitting here being like, there's more to my life, you know? Um, so I actually, for that next season, I, I really dragged myself. Actually, I had heard about C3 at the time, I was living in Temecula. So every Saturday I was at that time either actually under the influence um, or from the residue of being under the influence, but I knew I had to be there. Um, from that moment, then I went to, there was like a preview of a, of a conference and I decided to go to that young adults conference. And there was this moment that I will still gives me like Holy Spirit still gives me chills to this day. <laughs> I'm like, there um, was just this moment where actually um, one of our pastors was doing this message about wanting the cross. And I will never forget there being like this moment where he's like, you know, lay down, you're going to have to lay down your hurts, lay down your pains, lay down the things that are going on in order to pick up Jesus and pick up what he has for you. And in that moment, it was, I felt like this continual pursuit of God really pursuing me that came to this moment of like, oh my gosh, like this is my moment 
to really choose. Like, do I choose to stick with what I've been doing, which has obviously got me nowhere but lower, or do I choose to have hope and believe that what God has for me is bigger than what I think? And, um, and in that moment was when I said yes. And since then really have been all in into what God, um, has had for my life. And then God obviously has done so many things with my family, with myself, with my life and with what I believe my call and purpose is. So good. And I want to talk about call and purpose too. Cause like, there you are, you're getting plugged into a church. You have this mm-hmm. moment where you're like, okay, Lord, it feels like you're, you're offering me something that I do want to say yes to. Yeah. Like at what point did you link up or connect your, you know, heart for kids, your passion mm-hmm. for this next generation of kids. Like when did that come into the picture? How soon after you were like, yes, yeah. God, this makes total sense. But like mm. practically, and, and the reason mm-hmm. I asked that question, honestly, is because there are so many kids today. I spend a lot of time like traveling around talking to high school kids, middle school kids. And they're so, they're so set on this idea that your purpose is your profession. Which in your case, like you've been called to ministry, you do, you do work in ministry. Like that's your, your full-time, like your full-time vocation or the work that you're doing, whether it's writing or speaking or, or being a kid's ministry leader has to do with your purpose and it's linked up and you've chosen that. But I'm Mm -hmm. wondering like, when did you, when did that happen for you? And what would you say to a parent or someone who's like got a kid in their you know, line of sight and is mentoring or discipling and watching mm-hmm. kids grow up with this idea that like, no, your purpose, your your life's purpose is your job. Yeah. It's the way you're going to make, make yourself successful. It's the way you're going to make a lot of money. Oh, okay. So that's a whole thing to unravel. So I'm going to answer. Yeah, two and you probably have two hours. So awesome. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So the first part of that with really, I think, narrowing in what I believe that I was called and made for, um, which in this season has been obviously such my passion for kids. Like, Oh, I love it. But that was not the case (laughs) starting off. Um, I had said yes to this God thing, but I also was just like, Oh, like God, like I'm saying yes to you, but I still kind of in my mind was like, forget ministry. I want nothing to do with it, but I want you. And then God's like, okay, that's really cool. (laughs) Um, but like, that's also who I've designed you to be. So if you're going to choose me, like there's some work we're going to have to do to get you where you need to be. So I'm over here like, well, I said yes to one part. Why do I need to say yes to the other? Yeah, I'm trying to Um, keep you compartmentalized, Lord. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, you're welcome, God. Stay in this box, not this one. Um, but yeah, so honestly, um, I felt a really strong, like urge to the internship. And when I did that, you know, they asked you on your first day, like, what's your why? And I remember being there and these words came out of my mouth is like, I'm here because I'm ready for the idea of ministry to be restored and redeemed and redefined for me because I'd known that it was what God had for me, but I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and I was like, how is this going to work if I'm supposed to step into the identity, which is I'm a child of God, but also all these other things that God has me, how will I do that? if I'm like stuck in this fear or paralyzed of what I've known. Cause that's really what it was. It was like, I had known this idea of what I had grown up in ministry. And I believed because that's what I saw that that's what I would be or how I would execute it. And God was like, Oh my gosh, like you're going to do it different. Like it's not going to look the same, but in my mind, that was like this blockage. So context, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all I knew. And so that's where I'm going off of. Those are the filters that I'm seeing through. So really in that process, I started off with, um, youth ministry. <laughs> um, it's cause that's what I was doing last when I was in, um, at my dad's church is I was serving with him in one of his like littles classrooms. And then I was doing, um, you know, kind of, I was, as a high school, I was helping out in our like, uh, 
what's the word, middle school, like ministry. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just stick with like youth because that's what I know. So three months in, um, during that time, we had to like, as an internship, we have to serve somewhere on a Sunday. And at that time, youth didn't have like a Sunday service. They only had like a weekly service. So I was serving in kids ministry. Lo and behold, I started like, dreaming of visions and stuff for kids church. I'm like, man, what about this book? I started thinking about curriculum to write. And I'm, and I remember having this moment one day at, um, at work and I was just like, God, I'm in youth. Why are you giving me things for kids? Like, stop. You know, I literally prayed. I was like, God, if you could stop this whole kids ministry thing, like I'm not my dad because my dad was a kids pastor, right? So I'm over here like, God, I need my own call. Like, I'm not my dad. I, like, I'm not passionate about this. And uh, that was a lie because here I am today. Like, could it be more yeah. stoked about what I do? Um, but in that, I really just found, I think, um, just a love. Like, I, I just kept showing up. And I think sometimes that's key for people is just to keep showing up. And so I kept showing up and then showing up really started developing this passion. So I asked at that time, like, Hey, I actually love to step out of the youth internship and step into kids, which was unheard of. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think it's like, and and I'm sure this is something, you know, like to find somebody that really is committed, not only just in the generations above, but in with kids, like to be committed to, to developing and setting those foundations. Like it's not something that everybody really jumps on board with. And it was something that I couldn't imagine myself not being in. Like I just, I, I knew that I had to be in it. So that's really how the thing for kids came as I struggled at first. So, cause I was like, well, that was my dad's thing. Like God, where's my thing. And in that though, in this whole process, especially of stepping into kids, it honestly, God was able to redefine, redeem and restore so much. It, re- it restored the relationship that I had with my parents, because here's the truth. I attached so many things that I experienced in ministry to my parents. So there was this unhealthy connection that was happening. So I was like, well, this is happening with my parents because of church. So I don't like my parents and I don't like church. It was this whole dysfunction that was happening, um, but it was how I was perceiving everything. So when I came to church and I started, you know, really going through the internship and getting discipled, getting some stuff really you know, dug up. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like, that's why I'm having such a hard time with my dad. You know, like I didn't think he could be there because at the time the church that he was at, like said, he couldn't come to my games because he had to be at like, you know, so I was just like attaching all of these things that were super necessary. So hopefully that answers the the first part of your question is I found that really being planted and keeping showing up. Um, because, you know, especially after a time of being away from God, like I think there's an, there needs to be an intentionality to be all in. And that's really what I had to do because it can be easy to really slip into old things again. So I had to be intentional about showing up, intentional about serving, intentional about being planted so that I could stick to the course of one of my relationship with God, but two of what he had called me to. Um, sure. Yeah. And then, sorry, just so you can reiterate your second question is that really, are you asking, um, is like, how do... Like what's an encouraging word that I have for people, um, maybe high schoolers or parents of those people um, that are struggling to really think that their purpose is like a job? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so, honestly, yeah. because and even as I go around and speak for Dare to Dream, mm-hmm. like this is what I mean, you like you're speaking to them through the lens of like, yeah, you're going to graduate yeah. high school and like what voca- <laughs> like what is your plan yeah. to make yourself money? And it's not they have a hard time. Uh, seeing a bigger vision for their life, right? And mm-hmm. and and even when you take out the faith component, because a lot of the work I do is in yeah. public schools, non-Christian totally. private schools, so it's kind of everybody. But there's mm-hmm. just this underlying like 
truth that's not true that yep. you, you know that's the next logical step is what are you doing to set up your life to make yeah. a difference for your own self and the whole yeah. bigger plan god's purpose like how we're called to make a difference and impact the world and the kingdom is not even yeah. in that conversation so i'm interested to find out what you think about it because like you're totally. walking in your yeah. purpose it's connected <laughs> to your profession it has to do with mm -hmm. impacting generations so yeah. it's all kind of intertwined like my purpose is and i just mm -hmm. like i know you have sort of a totally. unique take yeah. on it so like lay it down girl um so moms <laughs> you may hate me <laughs> but i'm gonna tell you the truth um and that's what we're called right is to be bearers of the truth so it, my truth for you today is um your child does not have to go to college <laughs> um and i think that that's sometimes a very hard thing for some people to realize, but we have become, especially obviously in, in my generation and even the ones coming up, like we have this concept, like you have to go to school to be successful, to do something that matters so that you can make money to live your life. And that's, I think one of the biggest, um, really like we do ourselves a disservice. We do our kids a disservice if we allow them to really sit under that, because here's the truth. I went to college, um, one, because I was like, cool, I'm smart. I get the grades, but two, because I felt the pressure and expectation that it needed to be done in school. There's programs that are for like college prep, like let's get you there. And not that those things are bad. I think that there are people who in order to fulfill what God has for their life, they need those things. Right. So I don't want a doctor that I'm going to go see. That's like, yeah, I've never been to school, but I'm going to yeah. give you a shot or something like that. Just not I'm really happening, passionate right? about, yeah, surgery. I'm really passionate yeah. about it. Like that just doesn't work for me. Sorry. No. You know? So like, I want people to, you know, if you have, if you really believe that like God has called you to a specific thing, like, yes, some of you need to go to school. <laughs> um, but there's, but there's a huge aspect of people that there's dreams and things that they want to pursue that, they don't need to go to college for. And the secondary thing that I would say is a truth is, um, and something that I've had to learn truthfully the hard way, um, because coming, you know, kind of young guns ablaze and wanting, I've always been somebody that's very intentional about going after dreams, going after what I feel passionate about. And so I'm just like, let's just go put all my eggs. Let's do this. Right. Which is not bad, but because of that, I found the truth that sometimes what you're passionate at the beginning, at least at my age, I'm only 22. Right. So it might change. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but from what I know is your purpose sometimes and what you're passionate about won't always equal at the beginning what's making you money. And sometimes you have to be willing to put in the hard work to do what you're passionate about and then to do what's bringing you income till one day what you're passionate about and then what produces income can become the same thing. So I found myself um, as a young adult really in that season of, of believing and trusting that one, God is going to help me fulfill my passions and fulfill, you know, what his purpose is for me, while also providing opportunities for me to make income so I'm not chasing a dream without the resources to do so. How can I do what I'm passionate about if I don't have the resources? So I would say that as well. And I think my, I guess, advice to parents, to mentors, to whoever that's working that through, like ask ask them what they love because I think sometimes kids think what is going to make them money or they think like what society wants them to think. And I think my encouragement is like, well, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you love? Like ask them what they love. And then from what they love, be like, cool. So what are, you know, some people, okay, for example, I have, you know, a few friends are like, Hey, I want to be an actor and that's great, but there needs to be things that you're making money with now. And then a game plan a goal, right? A step-by-step -step of how you're also going to be pursuing this thing that you love 
in a different aspect and help them set goals, help them set tangible things that they can be doing to start achieving and going after things that they want to do now. If they want to write a book, start them simple and be like, hey, write a page a day of something you love or journal, like help them operate in what they want to do. If they want to try and be an M- like an NBA basketball player, like who knows if that will happen, but are you equipping them and empowering them to start operating in what they're believing they're called and made to do? If you're not, then I think we're doing a disservice to our kids. Like if I have a kid saying, hey, Bray, I want to be a worship leader, but I don't give them an opportunity to start working with us to sing or, or develop in their areas, I'm not, I'm not helping them. I'm actually saying, hey, that's a really cool thought and idea that you believe God's given you, but I'm going to shut it down because it's not important. Like, you know, it's, it's empowering and saying, Hey, if you believe that's what God has for you, how can I assist you? How can I partner with you to one, still give you the truth, which is let's get you something that's going to help you make money and, and do what you need to do. But also the secondary truth, which is cool. Let's help you do what God has created you to do. For sure. Yeah. I love all these questions too. And like, even as you're talking about goal setting and like sitting with your mm-hmm. kids and going, okay, I need to kind of die to the fact that like, I want them on this college track or oh I gosh, see yeah. like certain <laughs> things in their future that God doesn't necessarily have. And again, not that college is bad, like as a product of college and then 10 years yeah. later, starting a business with no experience and watching watching the Lord intersect passion Mm -hmm. with ministry and vocation. Like in my own life, I can attest to that in a totally different but related way. And what it makes me think of, and it's the perfect transition to talking about fear and what kids can do about it. Because you have a lot of kids sitting going, okay, I feel like this is inside me to do. I feel like I have a passion for for art or for music or for, you know, Mm -hmm. going overseas and feeding the hungry or whatever it may be. But you've got these barriers in their way that have to do with fear. I have no idea what to do. I'm super ignorant because I have a little Mm -hmm. bit of life experience. I have no idea what the steps are. This is why the importance of like being the adults in their lives to go, okay, let's get you a game plan. Let's start helping you Mm -hmm. ask some of these deeper dive questions to go, yes, like you're experiencing fear because you're not sure. But what Mm -hmm. we know about life and our life experience, the way God has showed up, like there is a pathway that we're called as adults to walk alongside them, almost like the path is underneath the surface or -hmm. under the snow or under the dirt. And we're like called to help them find the start of that path. And then yeah, because you don't want to make the calls for them, right? No, like, or like carve the yeah. path that's like yeah. not the one that God like yeah, like if God predestined everything, mm-hmm. right? God handled all the twists and the turns and everything. Yeah, it's about being more on a treasure hunt, not like mm-hmm. digging a ditch and going. We're gonna pave this road in a totally different way. Yeah. So my next question has to do with like, so yes, you've got you know we've got kids at home who are of all different ages and backgrounds and experiences, right? And they're they're looking at themselves and they're trying to understand themselves for the first time, going, okay, I have these passions inside me I feel like God's calling me or tugging me in these ways or my heart's breaking for something like but I have fear around how to take steps how to do Mm. what I need to do to get there and so the conversation switches now to bravery because your book is about coming alongside kids and helping to equip them to deal with the fear that they have that they are bound to experience because fear is an emotion so will you talk a little bit about why you felt called to write that book and what you feel like the book does in terms of helping kids go Yes, I am afraid, but I do have tools. I do have power over this fear and Mm -hmm. what they can do to like practically get themselves past it. I love that. Yeah. So um, I think the topic of fear actually is just a huge passion of mine. And it's something that I am passionate about because it's something that I have to choose daily as, as we all do to overcome. And um, I truly believe though, and why my heart is, is why it's a kid's book, why it's not yet, you know, a book for women or whatever is because I really believe that 
with children, we get the opportunity to set some of the key foundations that are really going to shift and transform their world. And if we can set those foundations at an early age, we really equip and empower them to be um, really just like these top-notch people or especially like these spiritual juggernauts that have this concept of going to God first. And I know that if I was at a young age of, of going to God first, like I see kids within our children's ministry that are prayer warriors at the age of six or eight, because they've understood and grown up in the house to know to go to God first. And um, really why I chose fear as well, not only because I'm passionate about it, but secondary, because there are no resources. And I truly believe this, that show kids how to actually deal with it. There's fears that are like, go to mom, go to dad. And that's not bad. I want like your child, I would encourage. And even in my book, like this whole part of synopsis is, is to read the book with your kids so that they can be um, really believe in the connection they have with you and intimacy with you in order to be able to have those conversations so that you can build your relationship with them. Like that's key. That's so important, right? I want, I want the kids that are reading to be like, Hey mom, this is actually a fear that I'm dealing with. Can you work through this with me? Right. But apart. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> um, good. Yeah, so I was going to say a part of that, though, is, you know, there are no resources. And so I really felt that God put a call on my heart to give a resource that's not only, hey, here's a solution, but really the true solution, which is to bring God into the mix. So the way that I'm able to, in that book, um, really help kids process through that is by two key ways, which is one is to, when they think of a fear, to think of a um, a Bible story where God has already performed, done something, or showed up, right? Because if I'm facing a fear um, of rejection, example, I can remember that in the Bible, there is a story or a moment where God sends his son to die on the cross for me because I am chosen. And if I can remember that I'm chosen, well, then I'm not fearing rejection because I know that the one who actually matters has chosen me, right? Or if I'm fearing bullying, I can remember the story of David beating Goliath and how God empowered, right? And worked with and gave David courage, gave David his truth in order to defeat Goliath, right? So there's these stories that are used to combat fears. And then the secondary is things about God's character. If I know who God is and I know how much he loves me, oh my gosh, how that will transform the things that I'm facing, how it will help, you know, encourage me, how it will help give me that bravery and courage. If I know that, because there's literally like, there's so many scriptures that just like, they're, ah, I download all the things about who God is. I know, (laughs) you know, but, but all that to say, there's a part, you know, even with the whole, you know, David being, uh, David defeating Goliath, the whole, I'm afraid of bullying or afraid of whatever. There is a scripture that says, God is with me like a mighty warrior. If I know God's character, like that is going to encourage me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I may feel weak. I may feel like I can't win this, but if I know who my God is, and if I know how much he loves me and how much he's for me, well, then I can take on the world. And so that those are the two key things that the book has really done. And what I felt God called me to do was one, give kids stories. Cause right. A lot of people are like, well, how's your book practical? Okay. There's a practical step to it. If I can remember when something I'm facing, if I can remember something through that, oh, Hey, I'm actually afraid to do this, but I can remember to be brave because God is the light or, you know, like if I can remember those things, even in the back of my mind or whatever has happened, like that's what the book's for. It's to help kids. Right. And then as well as a secondary to that, the book where the phrase be gone fear comes from is it's also to establish authority. So not only are we equipping kids with this humbo jumbo, but it's also equipping them with right. This authority to where they understand they have the power with God to say no to fear. And I think that that's a key, key aspect. So if fear comes my way, I can say, you know what? 
be gone fear because my God says this. So it's equipping with word and authority. So be gone fear because my God says that he defeated the darkness, right? So you're now having a full on, you know, really just come around of all these different things that kids are learning through that book. And what I believe are huge game changers, not only for kids, but in every aspect of life. Like I've learned this obviously as a young adult, but things that I know can transform, um, you know, a middle school or can transform a high school or even us all as adults, if we can understand that we have the authority over fear because of what God did for us and what he sent his son to do for us, which is to defeat darkness, to defeat those things, then I can, even when stuff is hard, even when um, I'm struggling through it, I can remember, you know what? Be gone, fear. Like you have no place here. You have no right. You have no authority because I know who my God is. I know who he says I am and I know what he has called me to. Um, but yeah, yeah. I that. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wrong. No, like, I love ah. that too, because like, okay. Cause, and, and when you talk about it, fear, like I know the number one thing that parents would tell me like of young kids when I would teach mm-hmm. and like, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade, it was like some of these concepts and some of these emotions are like abstract. They're really hard for kids to understand. But what you're talking about is simply like giving them a framework for, mm-hmm. okay, when I experience this emotion, I identify it as fear. Yeah. And then the first thing I do is try to think about a Bible story to mm-hmm. help my, help me remember what God did and how God showed up. And the second thing I do, like you're walking them through this like almost a three-step process. And the second Correct. step would yeah. be like, okay, y- you know, here I am going, okay, if I can remind myself of God's character, like one verse, one something mm-hmm. that will help me remember mm-hmm. and remind myself in this moment, this is who God is. And then the third thing, which is just like, being able to say one thing out of your mouth or in a prayer or like to yeah. be able to take authority and dominion over that fear because it, isn't, it is an emotion that comes from darkness. It mm-hmm. does not come from God and it's the opposite mm-hmm. of love, right? So I love the idea of, you know, when you think about these emotions, and like, I'm not sure how to, you know, walk alongside my kids and help them manage their emotions well. Yeah. And Here, it's not telling them either that like, it's not, it's not real. Cause I think sometimes what we do, we can really get in our heads about like, it's just an emotion or it's just this, right. But, or you're you fine. Wanna, you're fine. That's the other yeah. thing. Like, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where yeah, it's like, no, you're, like it's a legitimate emotion. If that's that a kid yeah. needs tools to be able to move past. And I love that it just makes it really simple, but you mm-hmm. end with like this idea of this, I'm not going to be victimized by the thing Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing because I have power. I have strength in Jesus. If I remember who God is and what he's done for me, like I can squash this feeling and the squashing is the processing of it and the ability Mm -hmm. to move past it, which is ultimately what we're trying to tell kids to do. So, um, I love it because a lot of times, you know, you want your kids to be brave or you say like, this is a moment where you need bravery. And it's like, cool. Like, how do I get that? You know what Sick I mean? Mom. And kids are looking at you like, awesome. Yeah, I would love to have that right now. And then here you yeah. are going, no, no, there are actually three really easy steps that you can do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put these up on our um, on our podcast site just to like give people like those three takeaways because yeah. I feel like it's such a good uh, way to wrap up our time to be like, yes, this exists. But like, here are some three super practical tools that you can mm-hmm. use. And then we'll link the book there also. Bree, I could literally talk to you forever. Um, and I know we'll keep in touch because I just love yes. you and your heart and everything that you have going on. Um, we do have to wrap up though, which makes me so sad. Um, but when we do, we do at the end of each episode with something real quick. It's called The Scoop. It's three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh my gosh. Rapid fire? Okay, so how long do I have to answer them? Well, by, by rapid fire, I mean like I'll ask them also talk a lot during the questions so you can, you know, think of an answer. Perfect. Okay, do it. Awesome. Let's just, let's have it. I should boom, stop boom, boom. calling okay. them rapid fire. Like it's three rapid, like you, like don't be nervous, but it's, you have to answer quickly. Like let's calm down. I'm We're shaking it in my boots. All right. End the episode awesome. with three reasonably asked questions in terms of tempo and um, time to think about your answer. Okay. Question one. Um, 
this mm-hmm. podcast is all obviously about heroes for girls. When you were a girl, who was your hero? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so like there could be a whole set, like if we're going Christian mode, if we're going Should we like, have another podcast for this one? Like Breeze, Yeah, like what's the world? From childhood. Okay, yeah. easily. Like I know we just kind of celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but like I used to think that Rosa Parks was so BA. I was like, oh my gosh, like she stood up for what she believed in. Biblically, I also think that pairs with Esther, always been somebody that I've really loved in the Bible. Um, and then growing up, I think sometimes our parents are really our heroes. So shout out to mom. That was, you know, how she's handled a lot of things that she does in her world is very inspirational to me. So Absolutely. that was only three. But if you have more, we can talk offline. Perfect. <laughs> we'll yeah. Just put them in the notes <laughs> for everybody. This everyone. is Bree's <laughs> list of 100 heroes that she had. It's good. You need heroes. And hold on the tip. Yeah, here. there's more. Jesus there's more. My yeah. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Mine too. Um, okay. Second question. What is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? A piece of advice I received. Um, oh my gosh. My life is consumed with people that are forever encouraged me, which I would say, there you go. Maybe not the most impactful, but something that has transformed my life is to have people that are speaking into your world and believing in you. And I think without that, there's truthfully, like I wouldn't even be alive today if I didn't have people that were willing to encourage me through my seasons of depression or anxiety or whatever that I've walked through. Um, like I said, in part of my story, even going through that season of being away from God, like if I didn't have people that were believing in me and investing in me, so get surrounded with people that are, um, you know, for you that are going to encourage you in every season and not only just encourage you, but like be willing to pull you up out of your stuff, being willing to, to push you forward when you need it. Um, and being willing to tell you the truth because any good relationship operates in truth, um, which is say like, Hey, that's going on. Let's actually cut that out or allow God to deal with that because you can't be who all of your called to be, um, until you allow God to step in, like step into that realm of your life. So I would say people, the people surrounding you, that something is completely transformed my life more than anything of the words that they've said, but more so that they've been a part of my world and a part of my process, even when I felt like no one should be. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's why like hope and prayer for everybody listening to like that you do have even one person speaking truth into your life mm-hmm. and coming alongside you. Like we need community. We need relationships. We're built for them. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, Brie, last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? <laughs> well, Honestly, only one like, though. You can't have more only than one. one. It's okay, really hard. Um, I've always wanted to like fly, but like, I feel like that would get kind of old, you know? Um, so maybe transporting, that's a high, okay. Transporting or like being invisible, transporting because like no traffic, no nothing. Like you just go where you need to go. Right. Like I could visit a hundred thousand coffee shops in one day and it'd be perfect. And I think that's what I would really like. Transporting. (laughs) I have that much coffee responsibly. (laughs) I like that. That's really good. Okay, Brie, where uh, is the easiest place, best place for everybody to find you online, to connect with you, Mm -hmm. find out more about you and what you're doing, your ministry, all the things you have going on? Yeah, so I recently just launched a website, which is uh, Um, So you can obviously hopefully post that for them. You can find the resource on there, which will also link to Amazon, Barnes & Noble for that book. Um, And you can always obviously follow me on Instagram, Brie Robinson underscore. um, And then as well as the blog is at The Purpose Within. Um, so yeah, those are kind of all the jazz you can find me at, follow along my journey. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to connect with you guys. Awesome. We are so excited that you've been here and I just personally love you. So thank you so much for your time yes. and you are such a blessing <laughs> girlfriend. It's been great. Yes. Love you. And, uh, thank you to everybody. Hopefully this encouraged and uh, inspired you and 
you know, the woman that you're raising up into who they will be. So it's going to be awesome. I know it well. Thanks so much, girl. Bye. <laughs> Woohoo!